Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group, an Edison Energy Company. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the commodity markets by European Energy Risk Manager, Henry Ermer. Henry, what's the current situation in, in the European markets, both for power and especially for gas? Well, thanks, Jeremy, for welcoming me, and I'd uh, also like to thank you for inviting me to to join the podcast. Just before we dig in, just a little bit of an introduction to the audience. My name's Henry Homer. I've been in the energy sector for just under seven years, mainly dealing with energy trading, procurement, and also bespoke portfolio management, as well as the great to be on this podcast today. Jumping right in, what I like to sort of um, get right off at the start of this podcast is what do we know right now versus what don't we know? What is the great unknown in European energy markets right now? So coming in, 2023 has been a extremely good year, albeit again, we've only, we've only seen a quarter pass, but it's been an extremely good year for European energy. If we start to compare uh, pricing, just to give a little bit of a backstory. Pricing since Jan, you're roughly seeing a third of the pricing on 35% decrease since the start of Jan. And if you just go beyond a bit more and use last December, you're probably looking at about 65, 70% price drops already on average across the European market. So, and the bulk of this is caused by a change in fundamentals. Basically, we have seen fear and panic, which is basically the story of 2022, give way to a more fundamentally based market. And I would go as far to say that the market's back in sort of equilibrium. Now, some of you who have been in the markets for much, much longer, I'm talking pre-Q3 2021, you probably will disagree with that fact because again, how can I say markets at equilibrium when we're still paying two, three, four times the amount of the pre-Q3 2021 period. And the short answer is, is because there are still structural deficits in Europe. And we've gone away from the, from the fear-led premiums and the sort of pandemonium of red alerts, possible blackouts, etc., etc., to basically trying to figure out a way out of the uh, proverbial woods at the moment. So what we do know is that what I like to term the three pillars of European gas, weather, storage, and LNG, they are all good. They're all performing very, very nicely. A plus marks for all of the pillars. Weather, again, no introduction required. We have an abnormally warm Q4. We had an abnormally long, uh, warm Q1, uh, barring a little bit of cold spells here and there. But overall, temperatures have been assisted. If you like a percentage term, temperatures are actually around 20% actually below European normals uh, across the board. So that's assisted. That means, you know, lower demand, uh, for eating, and that means more gas available for injections. Now, number two, storages. Basically, the byproduct of what I mentioned with weather, if there's more gas for injections, that means there's more gas in storage. And storage gives us security, it gives us cushion. Now, with storages at multi year highs, and the only reason I can't say five year highs on this podcast today is because 2020 is actually uh, skewing things up. If you scratch off 2020, we are actually at multi-multi-year highs going back four, five, even six years. So it's actually a very, very good situation we're in right now, particularly this time of the year. And it's not, not, not entirely unprecedented, I would say, but it's a very nice surprise to have. This injections have also begun drifting in to storages, and that's also assisted 
Europe and start injections sooner. We won't have the mad rush of injections last year where many, many countries, even governments, were panicked, shocked. And you've seen the minimum 80% target talked about in the news. You saw the Germans doing one step further. They weren't at 90 and then 95%. The mad rush, the force buys, causing a lot of said panic uh, last year as well. That is expected to be cushioned with, again, the, the start of quicker injections, add more injections and more storage security, so to speak. And last but not least, LNG. LNG has been the de facto replacement of Russian gas sources and is expected to continue to grow in this market tremendously. It is basically the new source of gas that Europe will go with in the coming years. Oh, because on the basis that Russian pipe gas is now basically almost eliminated from the sea and it's being switched and replaced uh, with LNG. And LNG has been tremendously supported on the back of most of last year because of very high spot pricing. Basically, we're pulling away cargoes from our competitors. But even as East Asian pricing has recovered, she now outbids most European spot pricing. We're still not seeing a slowdown in cargoes. Actually, on the contrary, we're still seeing extremely strong cargoes, robust cargo arrivals here. And that's keeping a lid in bullish frameworks. And that's what we know. That's fundamentally based. And that's how the markets are perceiving it so far. Now, what don't we know? What is the great unknown charting towards Q2, Q3, and of course the pressing one, Q4 of this year? And the great unknown is, again, similar to the pillars, the weather. There is absolutely no guarantee that the next winter will be warm or mild. We've got lucky, to put it in a simpler term. We got really, really lucky here. There's no guarantee with luck's going to be on our side again. And that's where the uncertainty comes in. And that's exactly why, if you look at the forward curve, the near term has started to turn from Sango, meaning the summer pricing is now trading lower compared to the upcoming winter. And now the markets are starting to price this risk in. And of course, another thing that's less talked about, the summers. Now, historically speaking, summers are where demand is generally lower. Again, you don't need heating. They'll need all the fear that comes with an uncertain winter. But summers this time can be actually a risk zone as well. Purely on the fact that everything I mentioned that was bearish and supportive for Q4, last Q4 and Q1 this year, actually is a bullish support for Q2, Q3 this year. And that's the abnormally mild weather. Good for winter. But it does mean the byproduct is we have not seen as much rain as we should have. We have not seen enough snow as we should have. And as a result of this, many key hydro producers are facing subpar levels of hydro stock. And this is particularly prevalent in the Nordics. This is especially prevalent in the Alpine regions because they require snowfall for their hydro stocks. And this is also a sun effect for the Mediterranean market, i.e. Spain as well. And that's keeping a key, key bulwark towards the uncertainty as we head towards the latter part of 2023. Hydro stocks are important, not just because of renewable-led uh, initiatives. It's not important because we need it as a diversification effort uh, away from Russia. These are important points, don't get me wrong, but hydro is especially important because of the export potential 
we need Norwegian power more than ever before. Norway is almost the new Russia when it comes to energy exports. More importantly, in my view, however, is the issue that links back to a second unknown that we have, and that's the reliability of French nuclear capacity, the French nuclear fleet. This is not something that's only prevalent post Q3 2021. The French nuclear fleet has been left subpar for many, many years due to decades of underinvestments and also due to aggressive net zero pushes policy-wise. But that's a topic for another time. Right now, French nuclear is facing significant safety issues, significant safety issues relating to corrosion, safety checks, and in general, a superb health. And because we're just recovering from the nightmare that was 2022, French nuclear has been wrapped up very nicely. That's that's, that's the cause for that, that famous December price drop just before Christmas, a very, very nice festive gift. And then the even better gift at the start of the new year, where pricing came down further. That was actually assisted by French nuclear capacity quite a bit. But since then, French nuclear has continued on declines. It's actually dropped about 12-14% uh, already last check. So issues are propping up. The strikes happening there are not, not assisted, definitely. But leaving the strikes on the other end, let's leave that for time being. It doesn't fully remove the threat that these ongoing corrosion and ongoing safety issues have on the health and capacity of the grid. It's also important time to sort of rope in. Europe is one big integrated market for both gas and power. And I always like to term it as an umbrella because everyone buys from everyone, everyone sells to everyone because it depends on where the grid has demand, where the grid is stressed, i.e. the Belgians buy from France energy, the UK gets some of its gas from the Netherlands, Belgium, more importantly Norway, Central Eastern Europe as well was heavily linked to the German grid. Why is this the case? Because most of Europe is import dependent. There is no strong sense of energy security. If a reason for that uh, can be attributed to multi multiple factors, but I'm just going to name check one factor on this podcast. It's the historical reliance, or some would term over reliance, on Russian podcasts. That over reliant source is off the table. It's not expected back on the table anytime soon. Some people would even go as far to say that it's never ever coming back. But again, that's that's an analysis for another time. So that means you need alternative supplies, and that's why LNG, and now the main topic we're on, French nuclear, is ever more so important. The regional grid needs a healthy, stable, and fully operating French fleet. But that's, again, an unknown. How much issues will we find in Q2 when matron starts? If these issues are found, how long will they be maintaining? And I've just got to throw one thing out there. EDF schedules can sometimes be a little bit flexible, quote unquote, and that means uh, delays can and should be expected if a plant is brought off the grid or brought under extended maintenance as well. Another thing to deal with the lower rainfall and lower uh, hydro stocks is also possibility of droughts or heat waves. You don't have to go too far back in history to get this. Again, going back to that famous August period last year, We've seen significant stress to various hydro-producing countries and river levels across Europe. 
The famous one I can cite on this podcast is the River Danube. That one was flowing 50% less capacity in August last year. And what happens is the barges that transport coal and trade across Europe, the, the main river lines in Europe, get stagnated, they get delayed. That means your alternative option, which is coal, which is generally brought when the uh, peaking demand is as high as, that gets stagnated and mothballed as well because of, of droughts. So that's again causing uh, that issue. And then one, uh, one last point for French nuclear is you require water for cooling. So that's also going to be an unknown. How much will that impact French nuclear? That's where I will put the unknowns and what we know so far. Well, that's a really useful overview. As you say, are we back to a, a normal? Not really. It's a kind of new normal with far higher prices than we would have expected a year or two ago, but a lot more uh, palatable, perhaps, than those that, that looked like we were facing a few months ago. And just very briefly, to finalise, I'm just wondering about two other things we should bear in mind. Firstly, the, the suppression of demand, because industrial demand hasn't returned to what, what, what it was before, and there may be some permanent casualties there. And whether, you know, an increase in demand in the Asian market for LNG could really pull up prices again quite rapidly in Europe. Absolutely. And that's a very good point. And the term new normal, Jeremy, that's a very, very good point to make. Indeed, this is a new normal. I wouldn't say uncharted because we charted most of it in 2021, 2022. But that's a new normal. Exactly. And what that means for Europe, perfectly pointed out by you, Jeremy, is that you see casualties in this when it comes to industrial demand. I'm not going to name check any businesses on this podcast, but uh, one of the largest chemical producers in the world have decided to permanently wind down operations in Europe and shift it elsewhere. They've recently invested billions, tens of billions in China to start up operations uh, as well. And that's something for some of the strains you're going to see where businesses start to feel disadvantaged, competitively speaking, because of high energy costs. And that's even not looking past Europe's lack of competitive advantage even before Q3 2021, with the carbon market creating issues for businesses to compete with other geographies. But again, that's a story when at the time. One thing I also would say is that these kind of trends is expected to continue because as I first started out this call by pointing out LNG is the next big thing, the, the, the replacement of pipe gas, LNG is also structurally more expensive. That's an important point to, to, to harp on because if you replace pipe gas with LNG, you expect to pay a premium. And that means businesses probably will need to get used to higher pricing uh, as well due to that switch together. So that's sort of some of the trends uh, we start to see. That's really useful. Thanks, Henry, for guiding us through all that. There's an awful lot happening and an awful lot that could happen in the months ahead. So I look forward to catching up with you about that uh, in due course. If you enjoyed that and found it interesting, do have a look at our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK. Have a look at our reports there and do listen out for a podcast again from us soon.